0: But I I want to share with you a little bit about the weekend. And I don't want to bore you with details. But I do want to share with you what God is doing. I want to tell you something, folks. We're going to have to understand that God is wanting to do more than just operate in the four walls of the church. I left here left my house at 3 o'clock in the morning on Thursday for a 525 flight from Indianapolis to Tampa, Florida. Picked up my rental car at the airport. They rented me a Jeep, and I thought that was really cool because I've always wanted to drive a Jeep, never driven one that I know of. So I... I got about 30 miles from the airport and I hit a little bump in the interstate and the steering wheel started shaking uncontrollably now I know this might be a surprise to some folks but I wasn't in the right handed lane and so On I-275 in Tampa, Florida, cars going by on every side. I had to work my way over to the berm to get off of the road. And a lady pulled up in the grass beside me and she said, I want to tell you what happened. She said, it looked like the front axle was falling off of that car. I made it. Now, I told you that to tell you this because the whole weekend, if I've ever... I know, Pastor, you said this morning that the devil's not in flat tires. (laughs) If I've ever witnessed hell fighting I witnessed it this weekend. I've been in prisons many, many times, but I've never faced the kind of resistance that we faced this weekend. But I'm going to tell you something, that doesn't stop God. On the first day, the first afternoon, we went into the prison in Ocala, Florida. And when we got there, it was was unbelievable, the resistance that we faced. But I want to tell you something. When we got in those walls... And got in that chapel? Listen, when I tell you this, you're not going to believe it. But at one point, Brother Chesser asked those men, 175 men gathered in that chapel. And at one point, he asked them to let out a war cry. And I wish that some way we could have had some kind of a decibel meter. To record what happened in that place, in fact, Brother Chester said, "I hope that the guards don't come running because they think that there's a riot going on on the inside. Wow. Wow. Right. and it was when I tell you that the anointing was there that that, that doesn't even doesn't even come close to describing what happened i'm talking about whenever somebody moved out and came to lift their hands for the touch of god the anointing was so prevalent that as soon as our hands hit their head they begin to speak in other tongues as the Holy Ghost gave the utterance. Now, I'm not talking about ordinary men. I'm talking about men that had more ink showing than they did skin showing. I'm telling you around their eyes and down their neck and down their arms. They lifted those tattooed arms to the Lord and God downloaded his spirit on them. It, it, it's incredible to me how many folks with apostolic background are in the prison system. It's unbelievable. I had one man come to me. He was kind of a clean cut guy. He said, Bishop, he said, I, I, I want you to know that there's some men around here that they've been baptized in the titles and they need some teaching. Because that's not right. And I just told the man, I said, just me and you are going to touch and agree right now. We're going to pray that something will happen this weekend that that will begin to be revealed. Now watch this. It's very, it's very unusual when you go into a prison system that they set up the baptistry and let you baptize on the spot. But on Saturday afternoon, we had two baptistries. But watch now. The chaplain came to Brother Chester and said, Listen, before you baptize those men, I want there to be clear teaching and understanding about why we baptize like we baptize. So all morning long on Saturday before the 1 o'clock service Brother Reinhardt, Brother Paul McGee began to tell those men why they needed to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sin. There were men that came to Brother Chester and said, look, I just got baptized two or three weeks ago. Brother Chessler said, how do you get baptized? They told him. He said, they said, do we need to get rebaptized? He said, "I believe you do." Yes. 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 Now, watch. I, I told you I don't want to bore you, but but let me show you what happened. One hundred and seventy-five in attendance. Forty baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. Eleven filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time. And 44 refilled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You, you me that. I, I, I was blessed to be able to attend simultaneously the Princess Within conference was going on in the women's prison and I was blessed to attend again the devil fought us we sat outside for 3 hours but you got to know sister Karen Reinhardt that never dissuaded her she said what I understand is the more the devil fights the greater the move of God is going to be when we get on the inside My God, I feel something right now. And so we got in on that first night. A chapel. It was a regular chapel. Stained glass. Had a little uh, few steps up a balcony. It was filled from the front to the back. I don't even know how many women were there. But normally what we do is we set up in the front in the altar. But there were so many women there that the volunteers set up in the front And we sent a team to the back where the balcony was. And when the Holy Ghost began to fall, I could tell you that I saw women. I don't know if they were murderers. I don't know what they were. But what I know today is uh, there's a new name written down in glory. They've been... On that first night, there were 16 ladies... Filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I I need to tell you something. You, you, You need to know what's taking place. All of those volunteers that are going there Going on their own dime They they pay their own way My my little trip with a plane and a car Was almost a thousand dollars And there were probably twenty of us That were there But I want you to understand something These people are not going just so they can have their name on a roster to say that I went to a prison conference. But there are people that believe not only does God want to move in the church, but God wants to move outside the four walls of the church. And not only that, but there's somebody that wants God to move. And so I want you to pray for men of honor Prison Conference and Princess Within Prison Conference. I haven't gotten the last, the final report. In fact, they're having service there tonight in the women's side. I haven't gotten the final report, but I'm going to tell you something. Before it's said and done, there's going to be apostolic revival like never before. Thank you for indulging me to share that with you. Now, to what God spoke into my spirit today. The Word of God says, speaking of Israel. Bible said that they were being vexed by the enemy. That on every side it seemed as though they were being shut down. But the scripture said, but the more they afflicted them. The more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. Now you say, Bishop, what's that got to do with me? Thanks for asking. God spoke to my spirit today. And this is what he said. In the year to come, there will be an escalation of resistance to my people. But also, as the enemy escalates his attempt, and I stress, attempt. To disparage the church. God said my anointing will increase upon my people. Like it has never flowed in the midst of them before. I'm not talking about the church down the street now. I'm talking about the first Pentecostal church. Hear me right now. God said I'm getting ready to elevate ministry in this place like it has never been elevated before. I will open up effectual doors of ministry of the which you have never experienced before. It will not be pulpit ministry but I will use my people and anoint them especially for this year hear me right now God said get ready first Pentecostal church I'm about to open your womb there will be a birthing a birthing of not any kind of revival but Apostolic Revival Everybody shout in Jesus name Stand with me Acts chapter 2 in the day of Pentecost was fully come they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them and they were Come on, I need you to help me right there. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You may be seated. For a moment tonight, I want to talk to this church about what makes... Us Pentecostal. All right. All right. Yeah. I want you to understand in our city tonight, there are at least three that I know of church buildings. That have a for sale sign In their front yard There are others That are in danger Does that make me happy? Of course not But what I want you to know Is that God spoke to me to say That I will set this people apart As a distinctive move of my presence. When we understand why we are Pentecostal, what makes us Pentecostal? Just a few days ago, I read of a gentleman whose name was Jack Graham. He is a Presbyterian and he made a statement about the evangelical movement. He said, Our churches are being choked on worldliness and its pews are filled with unsaved people. I issue a challenge on this last Sunday night of 2019. And I don't deserve to be here tonight. I told pastor he ought to be the one preaching with all of the guests that we have here tonight. But nevertheless, I'm here. And I want to tell this church that it is not the will of God for there to be unsaved people Filling our church pews. You mean you don't want unsaved people? That's not what I said. I said it's not the will of God for there to be unsaved people sitting in our churches. We're Pentecostal. I said we're Pentecostal. And we've got what it takes for the world to be saved. Just give me a minute Just a few years ago And I won't name the denomination But it began to Fall apart It was They were Tongue talkers But they weren't us But they begin to become very vocal about some of the following things. And I tell you this because it is infiltrating the apostolic Pentecostal movement. And I throw up a red flag tonight and tell you that unless we embrace being totally apostolic and Pentecostal, the enemy will try to infiltrate the church of the living. Come on. I'm telling you, if I ever believed anything, you're talking, you say, Well, Bishop, you're talking about some elitist attitude. I'm not. I'm telling you that God is about to set this church. It's not the first time that we've heard it. God is about to set this church in a very strategic place. And there will be people that will run to this place because. We are totally apostolic. Watch, you be seated. They begin to say and speak things like drinking in moderation is an acceptable practice and their ministers ought not preach against it those who opposed and said that drinking was a sin were shouted down as being bound by legalism and were nothing more than rule minding Pharisees scoffing and making fun of old fashioned worship that was expressive and emotional. Derogatory comments about old time holiness preacher and preaching that called people to living clean, godly, and separated lives specifically related to the way men and women should dress. Although one person said that the people who were willing to make a commitment saw God do some incredible things, another person called it junk preaching. Sunday night service being canceled by pastors because of low attendance. Some churches were meeting once a month on Sunday night and calling it movie night with drinks and popcorn. One pastor began to assert that baptism was not necessary for salvation. And many chimed in their support for him. Surprisingly, many spoke up in favor of traditional altar call for people to come and pray at the end of the preaching. There was a lot of debate about tongues and whether or not they were necessary to be Pentecostal. In fact, one of the pastors said, a statistic for this organization And another similar organization that only had about 6% who spoke in tongues. I want you to know as the bishop of this church, I rise on this Sunday night to say it's not the will of God for there to be 75% or 80% Of you that speak in tongues, it's the will of God that every one of you speak in other tongues as the Holy Ghost gives the utterance. Watch this. There was a notable decline in young men. Going into the ministry. Their denomination was marked by a grain. Because younger people were quitting the church. I want you to look. I want all the young people to stand right now. All the young people. Don't be ashamed. Wait, just stay there. Devil, I want you to hear me right now. We're going to be Pentecostal. And this is only the seed for the future revival that's going to happen among our young people. God is about to infuse us the apostolic anointing That will draw a generation That before time Has not been attracted to the church The power of God And the anointing of God Will attract them To the church Come on if you believe that young people I want you to lift a shout Under the Lord Right now You can be seated. I'm going to try to reduce this. In an article in Christianity Today about this particular group and their lack of members speaking in tongues, one of their former officials had this to say. James K.A. Smith, professor of philosophy at Calvin College in Grand Rapids, Michigan, a credentialed member of this particular organization for eight years in the 90s, said flatly, it's not a live doctrine. It's not preached the way it used to be. That's exactly why it's not alive doctrine. You hear me? When you quit hearing holiness preaching around here, you better find somewhere else to go. When you quit hearing about the new birth experience, you better find some place to go. But I'm telling you, that's not going to happen in this place. Come on. It's what makes us Pentecostal. Watch. You can sit down and watch. According to Smith... Trend represents the evangelical position of that particular organization. He ticked off several trends that have converged to make that organization, watch this now, generically evangelical. I want to say, I want to be unashamedly, unabashedly, apostolic, Pentecostal. I don't want to fit in nobody else's cookie cutter religion. I want to be, come on, the Holy Ghost that I have sets me apart from the rest of the religious world. The message that we have sets us apart. What makes us Pentecostal is we believe it like the book says to believe it. Come on, I wish I could get some Pentecostals that would lift your voice right now and give Him praise. Watch this. It's the season to join the National Association of Evangelicals. In 1943, American evangelicals growing in acceptance of Pentecostal worship practices. Even though they continue to frown upon tongues, speaking in tongues and increasing income levels among their churchgoers. Not least, Miss said, was the seeker-sensitive movement. Let me tell you what the seeker-sensitive movement is. The seeker-sensitive movement is, let me find the ones that can pad my bank account the most, Let me find the ones uh, that can bless me and my family the most. Come on, you got to help me right here. But I'm going to tell you who I'm looking for to bring revival. I want doctors. I want lawyers. I want nurses. I want folks that are well, doing well. But that's not where the revival is. The revival is in the middle of 170 inmates that won't ever send a tithing check to the first Pentecostal church I told him before I left pastor if I don't see you again let's meet up there let's meet in heaven let's hold hands and let's run the streets of gold together I must hurry. I have a little book here. I recommend it. Brother David Bernard, Brother Robin Johnson wrote it on being Pentecostal. So begin to look at that book, begin to inspire some thinking in me it it stimulated some of my thinking and believe me at my age I need that what are y'all laughing at what is it that makes us Pentecostal Hebrews 13 and 8 said Jesus Christ the same yesterday Today and forever. Come on. There's something about being a Pentecostal when you don't look at God as a God of yesterday alone. Or you don't look at God as a God of the immediate alone. But there's something in you that said... He'll be with me. He was with me then. He's with me now. And he'll be with me forever. I got good news for you. He can hear you right now. And he's concerned about the details of your life. What makes us Pentecostal is that we believe that God is literally next to you, and all you have to do is reach out for Him. Paul made a reference to that very thing when he was addressing the scoffers at Mars Hill in Athens that they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. Paul said, he said that all that a man had to do was just reach out to the Lord and he would respond to that man and his need. I'm going to tell you right now, if you'll just lift your hands right now and you'll ask God. God's about to show you himself right here. Come on. Come on, if you'll just mention your need to the Lord right now. He's, he's right there as close as the mention of his name. If you'll just say, Jesus, I need you to touch me right now. Na- God, I felt the Holy Ghost just move in here. Somebody's going to receive a touch from him tonight. Come on, that's it. This is what makes us Pentecostal. We don't have to wait to go to the doctor to get our healing. We don't have to wait to go to the lawyer to get our answer. We don't have to wait to go to the bank to get our answer. Jesus is our answer. Watch, let, let, me, let me finish. Give me about 10 minutes. What makes us Pentecostal is the evidence of miracles. Because God is present among us, we believe in miracles. The Bible is full of examples where the miraculous took place. Water turned into wine. Blind eyes opened. The lame were able to walk. 5,000 were fed with five loaves of bread and two fish. Throughout the book of Acts, miracles took place. Specifically, when we look at the Bible. Which is always a blueprint for God's direction. There are four elements that contribute to miracles. Faith. We are called to believe that God can indeed work on desperate needs. The name of Jesus. The apostles consistently... Evoked, invoked the name of Jesus when they were expecting a miracle. To pray or baptize in the name of Jesus is to recognize his authority. Number three, laying on of hands. God often mediates His power through humans. That's why we anoint with oil. And lastly, the atonement. That means that work that was accomplished at Calvary Isaiah 53 and 5 said That by his stripes We are healed What makes us Pentecostal Is we believe there's power in the blood For salvation And there's power in the blood for healing What makes us Pentecostal is that we believe in the Bible and its authority. I have absolute confidence in the Word of God. Come on. What makes us Pentecostal is if we read it I said if we read it, we believe it, we can preach it, and it will come to pass. You don't have to be afraid to tell anybody what this book says. Because if it's written, it shall be accomplished. Come on. What makes us Pentecostal is we believe in the authority of the Word of God. Let me finish. Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 3 and 16, Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. What makes us Pentecostal is that we believe that the Bible is authoritative. It imparts saving knowledge. It teaches us. It rebukes us. It corrects us. It trains us. And it equips us. There is no word higher than that book. Why? What makes us Pentecostal is we believe in the mighty God in Christ. God is absolutely, positively and indivisibly one Hear O Israel The Lord our God Is one Lord Thus saith the Lord The King of Israel And His Redeemer The Lord of hosts I am the first I am the last And beside me there is no God Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. There is not any. Thus saith the Lord, Thy redeemer, He that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by my self. Tell ye and bring them near, yea. Let them take counsel together. Who hath declared this from ancient time? Who hath told it from that time? Have not I the Lord? And there is no God else beside me. A just God and a Savior. There is none beside me. Me, look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. I have sworn by myself, the word of God is gone out of my mouth in righteousness, and shall not return, that unto me every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess." Now a mediator is not a mediator of one. But God is one. Thou believest that there's one God. Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead. Christ reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation and without controversy great is the mystery of godliness God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles believed on in the world and received up into glory that's what makes us Pentecostal. Stand with me. Lift uh, uh, your hands to the Lord right now. Uh, hey. Another thing that makes us Pentecostal is our understanding of the transformation of life that comes with the Spirit. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hear me today. I don't care where you've come from, what kind of life you've been living to this point. I want you to hear me right now as a man of God. Everyone needs a Savior. And the holiness of God demands that He separate From sinful humanity and the transformation of that life takes place when we respond to the grace of God. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Bow your heads with me. Listen. What makes us Pentecostal is that we have an understanding. Faith is more than just a mental assent that says, I believe there is a God. Faith involves trust, commitment, commitment, And application. Faith means that there are acts of obedience. That take place. Along with that faith. Faith. Leads us to repentance. Which is a turning away. From our sins. Water baptism. In the name of Jesus. By immersion. And the baptism of the Holy Ghost. With the initial sign Of speaking in other tongues It's what makes us Pentecostal It's what sets us apart From the rest of the religious world Are you in an elite group? Nope We're sinners saved by grace We We were once Lost Without but grace brought mercy into our lives and grace is here to meet you tonight and introduce you to mercy and if you'll come tonight to him he'll make you a Pentecostal not in the Pentecostal church but a Pentecostal according to his word